Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you this morning again for the privilege to receive from you. We ask that you cause your word to penetrate deeply into our hearts, impart us with the life and the power that is in the word. Let there be transformation and let there be transfiguration in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Thank you, sir, for the honor to be here again this morning. Glory to God. We, we are on a journey. Uh, this is like the midpoint of our journey. And so I'll be teaching again this morning and then prepare the ground for the power service in the evening. We trust God for a mighty move of God in the evening. God will heal the sick. He will impart people tremendously with wisdom, with favor, with grace so there can be a move, a positive movement and transformation in your lives. Even as we come under that heavy atmosphere in the evening. But for this morning, let's glean from the scriptures and gain some understanding. Hallelujah. Our anchor scripture is in Romans 13 verse 11. We'll read it again and then we'll take it up from where we stopped. It said, And that knowing, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. It said, For now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. It revealed to us that there is a power that keeps men bound in sleep. It revealed to us that sleep in itself is a reality in the spirit. And it also reveals to us that there is a salvation that God has made available to us. So three things identified in that scripture. In order to open up that scripture a bit more, I read from Ephesians chapter 5 verse 14. And he said, Awake, awake, thou that sleepest. He said, And Christ will give thee light. And so we need to understand what spiritual sleep is so we can effectively diagnose our situation. Because it's possible that a man can be in a situation where he needs help but is not aware. Because he doesn't know the nature of his crisis. And so it's important to understand what sleep is. And that's what we dealt with yesterday. And then having dealt with that, it's also important to understand the power that wakes a man. Because I told you, if you sleep naturally, you will wake naturally. But if you are put to sleep by a power, it will take another power to wake you up. And so we need to know the power required. When he said, awake, awake, it's a transmission of power. It's not just a tap that wake up. It's, a, it's an operation of the spirit. And if that operation of the spirit is not released in your direction, you may be in the state of slumber for a lifetime. So he says to awake from the dead. You can imagine. He didn't, say, he didn't just say awake from sleep. He said awake from the dead. Because this kind of sleep puts to death your, your potentials. potentials. This, this kind, kind of sleep, sleep 
puts to death your possibilities in God. And until you wake up, you may not amount to much in the hands of God. And so there is a need for a power to be channeled in your direction in order to bring you back to consciousness. And then finally, it says when you wake up, it says Christ will give you light. In the evening, we'll look at the technology of the light that comes out of Christ. The light of God is like the government of the Spirit. In the Old Testament, it is represented by the seven candlesticks called the menorah. And they have different significances. And so in the evening, we'll look at the technology of the light, of the presence of God. But for this morning, let's see the powers that God releases in the direction of a man in order to wake him up. So when that power begins to come to your ecosystem, you will know how to respond. Because many don't know how to respond to the power that brings about their emancipation. However, before I talk about that power, let me run through what we have done yesterday in the next five minutes. For somebody who was not here, he may not understand what sleep is. And so when we are talking about waking up, he will be wondering. You know, when, when Lazarus died, Jesus said he's asleep because he was talking with a syllable that is different from human intelligence. He was communicating from the syllable of immortals. When you are dead, they say you are asleep. And Thomas said, ah, if Lazarus is sleeping, he will wake up. This kind of sleep, you don't wake up, they wake you up. So Jesus had to come there and he shouted, Lazarus, come forth. He took a power for the power that held him bound to release him. So somebody who didn't hear what we shared yesterday, we assume that uh, if somebody is sleeping, he will wake up. Do we need? No, this kind of sleep is power. It's power that kept you asleep. So what is sleep? There are three things we looked at. Number one, we said it is the devil that puts men to sleep. And he has a purpose for doing that. So we looked at the purpose or the reason why the devil keeps men asleep. Number two, we also try to define what spiritual sleep is. And then number three, we also looked at the weapons the devil uses to put people to sleep or the power he uses to put men to sleep. And so the three reasons I gave you that makes it urgent on the devil to put men to sleep is number one. It is when men sleep that the devil can put his program. Because the program you came to earth with originally was wired into you from eternity in the studio of God where God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness. Now, you know, that is not a time. That is a place. You know, wisdom is boisterous. When the Bible said, in the beginning, you would think he's talking about time. But when you read Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, when God said in the beginning, time has not been created. So when he said in the beginning, he wasn't talking about time. He was talking about a place in wisdom where creation dwells. Because even creation happens in a place. And wise men travel there. Because the person who was telling you, God said in the beginning, is also a created person. 
Now, Moses was not yet created when they said in the beginning, because no man was yet created. How can Moses be narrating what happened when God created things that happened before he created man? That means it's possible to journey back there. <laughs> you are the only one who thinks traveling is from Nigeria to Dubai. There are people who travel out of time and go back to the Annas, the cradles of time, before time began. How can a man be telling you how man was created? So where was he standing? <laughs> That's how God is. He's big. And God has called us to explore him. And that's what we are trying to do. So what I'm saying is that we are God sat and said, let us make man. Only God can go there. No man can go there. No angel can go there. And that's why today no other person has created man. Because that, that particular code is hidden. And so because the devil cannot go there, but is interested in your life, the devil will wait for you to travel from eternity into time. When you come into time, he will not put you to sleep so that he can corrupt God's program. Because if you don't sleep, the devil can't walk. The devil can only walk when men sleep. The Bible said while men slept, the enemy sowed weeds or tars in the wheat. So the program of the devil can only come into play when men are asleep. So the reason the devil puts men to sleep is because he wants to introduce his own program. Maybe you are sitting here and you say, hunger wants to kill me. But in the studio where you are created, they put something on your hands to create wealth. So a man who is designed to be a wealth creator is dying of hunger. There is a mutation in programming. You are here, you are looking for direction. Meanwhile, where you were created from, you were created a prophet. You are supposed to be a giver of direction. But there is a, a mutation in program. So the one who should give people direction is the one looking for direction. The one who should heal the sick is the one looking for healing. The one who should bless people is the one looking for blessing. Because when you are asleep, they change your program. That's why the devil wants men to sleep. So if you know that the devil reprograms what God has programmed when you sleep, you will refuse to sleep. So sleep is no longer a luxury that you can afford. You will fight to be awake. I said the second reason why the devil creates programs or keep puts people to sleep is because he's interested in colonizing territories. Because every territory is regulated by spirits. And he cannot take a territory until men are asleep. When men begin to sleep, then demons begin to walk. And so in Isaiah 56 from verse 9, he began to invite other spirits to say, come, come. He said, the watchmen are sleeping. They are slumbering. Now we can take over the land. And so there are people that their families have been taking over. There are people that their states, their nations have been taking over because men were asleep. You don't know why you enter some families. Every two years, somebody must die. Because the devil has taken over that territory. Men were not awake. And so he came and planted some, some programs. Every two years, somebody must die. When it gets to the month of March, you know that before April, somebody must go down. And so when two years is approaching, people become afraid. And true to their fears, somebody will die. Because a prince is sitting on that family. You discover that after every ten years, one person must go mad. And then you are wondering, ha, it's not about where they went to. 
the eternity thing has been colonized. And so the devil will keep injecting things from one dispensation to another. You find out in a family, they must read 35 before one person can think of getting married. Before marriage happens there, you must bring somebody who has authority in priesthood to break certain things. Beautiful young ladies, you look at them, they are like queens, but there is a, a, that territory is colonized. If you have not seen 35, you will never live here. It's a power that has taken over the territory. You find certain families, people must give birth out of wedlock. No matter what you say, if you like, sit them down 5 a.m. and advise them. The moment they become 19, they take in. That territory has been taken over. So if you know how things work, before you advise, you will fight. Because if you don't win that territory, if you like, advice, threatening, do anything you can do. The moment the gear becomes 19, she must take in. Because the territory has been taken over. There's a power ruling there. And I don't have time to talk about territorial colonization. But the second reason the devil puts men to sleep is because he is interested in taking territories. Either family territories or mental corridors or physical territories. But by all means, he wants to exercise rulership over a territory so that he can pass his laws. Because laws works in territories. The law of Lagos is not the law of Sokoto. The law of Nigeria is not the law of Dubai. The law of Dubai is not the law of America. So if you don't have a territory, you have no right to enact laws. And so the devil takes territories so that they can enact laws. The reason people must be pregnant out of wedlock is because the law has been written. The reason people must go mad is because the law has been written. The reason people will graduate and you come to one family, you see 12 graduates, 7 graduates, 4 graduates, no job. It's not because they are not lucky. It's not because they are, by the way, there's nothing like luck. It's because the law has been written. And so if you want anything to happen there, you must break the law. And the reason the law can be written is because the territory is taken over. But the territory cannot be taken until men are asleep. Look at that scripture in Isaiah 56, verse 9 and 10. And see the way demons are urgent to take to destroy men. It says, All ye beasts of the field come to devour. All ye beasts. And you are asking, What are they devouring? It's men and their destinies. That's what demons eat. <laughs> God's purpose for men, that's what they feed on. They destroy it and they are happy. It says, Come and devour. All ye beasts of the forest. He said, Come. Why? His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are dumb dogs. They cannot bark. Sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. So when men slumber, territories are taken over. And number three, the reason the devil puts men to sleep is because the interventions of God comes at a time when you don't expect. He said, The cry is at midnight. Matthew 25, verse 5 and 6. When men become drowsy, that's when there is a cry that the bridegroom has come. So the bridegroom does not come at the time you are expecting. The bridegroom, the bridegroom comes at his own time. So you must be awake. So that if God chooses to intervene at 9 p.m., you are there. If he chooses to intervene at 12 midnight, you are there. If he chooses to intervene at 3 a.m., you are there. You have to be awake in order to receive your intervention. Because in the spirit, 
Things are not given. Things are taken. If God wants to bless us here, he will release it. It's the man who can take that will be blessed. That's why you can come to a church. 200 people, 1,000 people are there. Very few people are testifying. And then you are wondering, if this thing is true, why is it not happening to me? I beg, forget all these things are lies. You will do it at your peril. And that you are angry does not reduce God. He is not a politician. He was not elected. He's a king. You will get angry after 30 years. You will repent and come back. He's called ancient of days. <laughs> so it's better for you to learn how it works. Things are not giving. Things are taking. It's called Catalambano. And a man who is... <laughs> And if you are in the state of slumber, things will be passing. You can't catch them. That's why you have to be awake. So that if any signal passes you, <laughs> they say, favor is passing. Pop. Wisdom. Pop. Anything that passes, you catch it. And when you go out, your life becomes a wonder to your generation. And people are looking at you. Are you the only one God favors? God favors all of us, but I know how to take. You don't know how it works. One person has so much contract that he's selling some. Another is looking for one. One pastor has so many invitations, he can't honor them. He's refusing. People are still insisting. Another one is looking for three. And then you are wondering, God, why are you unfair? He's not unfair. He's, he's catching. If you can't catch, you remain where you are. And the reason you cannot catch is because you are not awoken. You are not alive. You are not sensitive to sickness. When they pass, pass, catch them. When you catch them, your life becomes a wonder. So the devil will put men to sleep because he wants to reprogram their destiny. The devil will put men to sleep because he wants to take over their territories. The devil will put men to sleep because he wants them not to discern when their help comes, when their intervention comes. And if they don't discern it, their life will be an endless cycle of repetition. They will be where they are 20 years ago. Because maybe in their cycle, intervention comes after three years. Major breakthroughs come after two years. Major breakthrough comes after nine months. And if you miss it, you wait for another cycle. It's called the Kairos moment. And so maybe in the last 20 years, according to God's calendar, you have missed, you have, you have had 10 interventions. Every two years, an intervention comes. But because you are not awake, you don't know. Your intervention comes in the month of August. And the devil will wait. When June, July approaches, he begins to program you to sleep. And in August, you are dead to spiritual sensitivity. When the intervention passes, he will leave you. If you like, go to the mountain and stay for six months. You will be active. But when August is coming, the devil will show up again. Because your August is more important than January, February, March, April, May, June, July. So, from January to July is actually preparation for August. It's just like you are on campus. You attend every lecture for three months. In the exam week, you don't leave school. That two weeks of examination is the reason why you have been on campus for three months. If you miss the two weeks of examination, the three months on campus was a waste because your promotion is tied to the two weeks of examination. And so everything you are doing in the last three months is relevant to the degree that you pass the exam. If you miss the exam, there will be no promotion. You know what will happen? It's called carryover. You will do it again. 
And if you do it after a while, the university will write to you and say, we have seen that uh, <laughs> this area is not for you. So take certificate of attendance. You came to this university, but you have no grade. That is not your portion. Because you will be awake to your destiny. The devil. These are wise beings. Though. Don't assume they are foolish. They have been in the courts of God for aeons. Hope you know they didn't just appear. They fell from heaven. They know how God works. They can preempt certain things about God. And they can use it against you. You cannot fail in these matters. It will look as if everything God said is a lie. But it's because you lack spiritual intelligence. The second thing we looked at on the subject of sleep is to define what spiritual sleep is. And there were four definitions I gave you. Number one, I said spiritual sleep is spiritual blindedness. Where a man cannot discern. He cannot see what God is doing. He said, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Second Corinthians 4.3 People who the God of this world have blinded their hearts. So they cannot see and receive Christ, who is the image of of the invisible God. And so when a man becomes blind to the things of God, it means he's asleep. The second thing I mentioned is the state when you are enslaved by your desires. We were not designed to function by our desires. We were designed to function by faith. The Bible said they justified shall live by faith, not by feelings. When your desires begin to rule you, then the devil can manipulate your destiny. And so, the person you are supposed to be humble before, the devil will come, put some thoughts in your heart, and you will develop pride. Your pride becomes the reason why the person can't help you. Meanwhile, that person came with your answer. The person you are supposed to be patient with, because you can't manage anger, the devil comes, provokes anger, and you cut off from that person one week to the season when he should bless you. And then you are wondering, why is God not answering my prayers? He is answering your prayers, but the devil is taking it away from you through your emotions. If the devil knows any desire that rules over you, the devil will use that desire to enslave you. You know that your destiny requires purity, but after every 35 days, you feel as if there is a sensual appeal, and the devil begins to boost and push and pump that desire. And then you fall. You come and cry. God will forgive you. But the problem is that you can never be big with God. Because you will keep aborting God's purpose for your life. You will come and you will be forgiven, but you have aborted something. You will be forgiven, but you have aborted something. So what the devil does in keeping men to sleep is to cause their desires to master them. That's why when a man becomes strong, the Bible said he's temperate in all things. He's temperate. You don't allow anything to master you. The only thing that should master you is the word of God and the presence of God. Because the devil is watching for what you like. He's checking. Is it football? Is it women? Is it short women? Is it tall women? Is it fair women? Is it dark women? He will pump it in your direction. You will talk. Five of them will say, I love you. And you will say, I'm a smart guy. You go and cut your beers. Your beers will be sharp like razor blade. You will gym and wear a tight clothes. You will walk up to the lady, hello, how you doing? The lady will start smiling. You say, oh, I get charms. 
you don't know you are spending your destiny you are spending you are spending your destiny who told you is child demons are walking they are walking anything you say they get lost it and then you waste your youthful energy that you should use to think creatively in protest and then you come out to say man life is good when you are 40 you will look at your mates and say help me help me how, how did you come here what were you doing they were working hard and smart when you were having fun at the end of the day you discover that that fun is your grave but the reason your destiny can be manipulated is because you allowed your desire to master you and so when a man becomes wise he locks the gates of his desires he doesn't allow anyone to control him paul said i beat my body i bring it under subjection number three what the devil uses to, 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 to enslave men in slumber is weakness in the spirit. The devil will exploit your desires until your desires will make you become weak in the spirit. And so, like I told you yesterday, anything that appeals to your desire, you are strong in it. But when it has to do with God, you find out that you are weak. You carry the Bible. Five minutes, you have yawned ten times. As if you want to swallow somebody and you doze off. You carry John chapter 1. When you wake up, you are in verse 2. How did you sleep between verse 1 and verse 2? It doesn't take one minute to read verse 1 and verse 2. But some people are so weak that they carry Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is just about 6, 7 verses. Before they finish reading Psalm 23, they have slept. How did you sleep? It reading six to seven verses of the Bible you are asleep they think they are praying when they check time is five minutes today Himoka, Aya, Aya, Aya they started praying by twelve they don't check they thought they have been praying for one century they look at their clock it is five minutes Ah, five minutes meanwhile the moment they jump on their phone and they start chatting on Facebook in the morning before you know it's 2 p.m. Why is the day running like this? The devil knows that you are weak. Meanwhile, your blessings are spiritual in nature. And you are not strong in spirit. How can you catch them? It said in Ephesians 1:3, it said, God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and you can't travel there how can you take it favor is somewhere in the spirit power is somewhere in the spirit wisdom is somewhere in the spirit you need to tarry to be able to reach there but now you don't have strength that's why the Bible says if you faint in the day of trouble it's not because God is not powerful it's because your strength is little and so what the devil will do is to make sure that your strength is depleted because when your strength is depleted, you cannot journey into your hell. Finally, I said what the devil uses to put men to sleep is to physically oppress them. Physically. There are many people who are oppressed with demons. It's not everybody you blame. When you look at people, find out where they are. Somebody wakes up in the morning, he can't stand up from bed. It's not all of them that are lazy. Some people who wake up in the morning, they can't stand up from bed. They are rolling till 11. And they wake up every... It's called the spirit of heaviness. There's a spiritual blanket the devil has put on them. 
they can't lift it. They are oppressed. So when you meet the person, before you say you are lazy, discern what is happening. Because some people, you need to cast demons out of them. Because they are oppressed of devils. You meet some people, they are so foolish, and you are wondering whether they went to the college of foolishness. It's because they are hearing whispers. The man will have very beautiful plans. When you read his plan, you will be wondering, this is one of the best people God has sent into this world until he has one million. The moment one million enters his account, he will dump his plan and enter a beer parlor. When the one million becomes 35,000, he will come back again and begin to talk like a wise man. You will say, oh, these are the people with the answer to Nigeria until one million comes. And if he moves from one million to five million, he's looking for another wife. This one, this lady can't take me anywhere. She is the reason why I am always under pressure. And so the only way to stop pressure is to add another wife. The wife that will respect me. This one does not respect me. Women don't respect you because they want to respect you. They respect you because you command respect. If you cannot command respect, marry 20 wives, all of them will disrespect you. Because when they have not met you, they can relate with you from a distance respectfully. But when they meet you, it is your life that will command respect from them. You are living like a vagabond. You want somebody to respect you. You don't deserve respect. So marrying 12 wives is not the answer. But you see, when money comes, it becomes foolish. And the new wife he marries will now bring three times the pressure that the first one was giving. He will now be enduring it. The next time he has five million, he will say the best thing to do is to rent another house. Let me leave this one here. I'll be visiting them once in a month and give them money. Let them take care of the children. He will go and rent another house and start the cycle. He spent the last 15 years building. He will start that new cycle here. By the time he's 70, his life will be full of sorrows. You are now wondering, how can one man be so foolish? Did you buy it? It's a demon. It's a demon. It's a demon. If you don't bring deliverance to that man, he will remain like that. If you like, let him be reincarnated. He will come back with that foolishness. Because he is oppressed of devils. And there are other people with sickness. Very intelligent, but anytime he wants to think, there's headache. Serious headache that he doesn't know where it comes from. So in order to avoid that pain, he just looks for anything that makes his head to relax and he's doing it. So he's not a playful person because he likes it, but there is a monitor the devil has put in his brain. He doesn't, he's not allowed to think. And if he goes against that thing, it will become a tumor. And that tumor can kill him. He's a demon. Some people with high blood pressure. Any little pressure. Meanwhile, they were created to be leaders. And every leader must withstand pressure. But the devil puts high blood pressure there. So the moment pressure comes, it breaks him down. So when you meet people, there are certain people that you need to bring power to them. Because what is keeping them where they are in life is not their fault. They are oppressed of demons. It's how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good healing all that were oppressed of the devil. There are many who are oppressed of the devil. So don't just sit down because God accepts you. And you look at everybody and say, there are amazing people. 
they are not willing to walk, they are not serious people. Some people are very serious, but the baggage they have from demons will not let them. So they must undergo deliverance. So they are asleep because they are demonized. So four ways the devil puts men to sleep is number one, by blinding them. Number two, by mastering their desires and using their desires to master them. Number three, by weakening them in the spirit. And number four, by oppressing them literally. Now, what are the weapons the devil has that makes it possible for him to do these things to people? Because you need to have certain abilities to be able to keep people asleep. You have to have certain abilities to be able to do this. What are the forces the devil uses to achieving these things? Number one, deception. The devil is a deceiver. The reason many people are blinded is because they have been deceived. It is the job of the devil is a master deceiver. Please don't make the mistake of assuming the devil is naive. I told you yesterday from Matthew 24 verse 1, they asked Jesus what will happen before you return. The first thing he said is, be careful. Let no man deceive you. Because deception is one thing that will dominate the world in the last days. And that's why you see many great potentials amounting to nothing. Somebody told me a story that broke my heart. A man worked for 35 years in the civil service. And when he, 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 he retired, the money, the gratuity they paid him, he was driving home when he went to collect his money. And he gave a young man lift, a young man who just finished NYC, but he has chewed some things. And the young man spoke to this man that have 35 years of service. And this man with 35 years experience handed over his gratuity to this boy. And the boy disappeared. When the power of deception comes, even experience is dwarfed. It's something happening now. So the devil uses deception to enslave men, to blind men, and to put men to sleep. So some people are highly deceived and deluded. They don't even know. They think what they are doing is so wise. And every other person is looking at them and wondering, why are you doing this thing? They are now assuming that, oh, people don't understand us. Nobody understands us. But don't worry. Time shall tell. Hmm. Time. Time is the reason why you will never be delivered. Who told you time changes anything? Time does not change anything. Time only reveals everything. And time will reveal your foolishness. And at that point, you may have gone past redemption. Deception is one of the things the devil uses to enslave men. In Colossians chapter 2 verse 8, he said, Beware. Lest anyone spoil you with philosophies, vain deceit, after the traditions of men and not after Christ. People will come and tell you things that sound very high and powerful, but there is no substance in it. He said the greatest wisdom on earth is Christ and his principles. If it doesn't have to do with Christ and his principles, it is destruction. See some people today, they get jobs. And the first thing they teach them on the job is how to manipulate figures. You are working in the, in the bank or in the oil company. Come on, what are you talking about? Add one zero to the receipt. And every weekend, you can make extra 100000 
and the person discovers how to make money. So every he has 200 receipts in a week. He's adding, adding one zero to all of them. Adding one zero. And then every week he has 100,000. He begins to spend it. And life is good. After 20 years, judgment will now come. And when the judgment comes, the last 20 years of deceit will just go down the drain. And God will be watching. He will be wondering, why did his life end like this? He didn't know that it took 20 years to set him up. He thinks adding one zero and making 100,000 every week is a smart way of making money. And his life becomes a pain and a burden because he was deceived. He said, be careful. Don't allow men use their ways to lead you astray from God. It's deception. It will keep you blinded for a lifetime. Ephesians 5 verse 6. He said, let no man deceive you with words. He said, these things provoke the wrath of God. The reason many people, God himself, can't help them is because they have gone away from God based on what men told them. So the first thing the devil uses to blind men is deception. But when you mature and you are awoken, deception can no longer affect you. In Ephesians 4.14, it says these kind of people, they are not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. They have gained stability because now they are awake to the truth of God. If I ask you now, in your business, what is the principle of God you are applying? You will be shocked that there is no one. If I ask you now, in your family, what is the principle of God you are applying? You will be shocked that there is no one. If I ask you now, in your marriage, what is the principle of God you are applying? You will be shocked that there is no one. If I ask you now, in the training of your children, what is the principle of God you are applying? There is no one. And you are wondering why children just die, marriages just crash, business is just shut down. Because there is no foundation in standing on. Thank God for what you learned from your master. But your master is an occultic person. And he didn't tell you the shrines he went to before he started that tire business. You now came with tire, you started tire business. You say, I have learned for seven years. And you learned only the things your master showed you. And you don't know that at the foundation of what your master is doing is a sacrifice he gives in every December. And then you do your business after five years, it's wrecked. If you are not even careful, the favor that you had in doing your business is channeled to your master. The moment he releases you, you leave that favor behind. Because there is no foundation for that business. If you become wise, every aspect of your life, there will be a spiritual principle that you run that business on. And even those who are in the other side, they know. There are some men today who do business in the Islamic world. The business is built on charity. Because a spirit whispered to them that every time you make a gain, take 10%, go and give it to the poor. And there are some analogies today that they hire beggars. They pay beggars. You know what the beggars do? They go out when they beg. All the money they get from begging, they don't spend it. They bring it to the allergy. And the allergy takes the money, goes to his altar, and is trying to take the luck of the, and the goodwill of the people who gave to those beggars. And then he pays the beggars. So begging is a job, but it's a means of changing the stars of men through astrology. And you don't know. 
And then you look at that and how you say, all of us are in cement business. Who told you cement what? It is the goodwill and the fortune of people that business is riding on. And that's why that business will be a household name. You don't know why. Because everybody and anybody gives to those beggars, his business can penetrate every corridor. It's a wisdom he's working with. If you like, enter that business with him. You can never be his competitor. Because it's beyond talking. There's a mystery. You also, as a spiritual man, there must be a mystery and a principle from the word of God that every aspect of your life rests on. There are certain families that God told them, when you wake up in the morning, let the whole family hold hands together and thank me. So long as they are doing that, nobody will die. So long as they are doing that, no destiny will be wrecked. That is what God showed them. It doesn't mean every family must wake up and hold hands and pray. No. If you do it, it's good as a principle. But you must have what God gave you. There are other families that God tells them at the end of the month, all of you must go to the altar and lie down and honor me. And so as they are doing it, nobody can die suddenly. Nobody can fail. It's a mystery. That's why that family is prospering. You are looking at that family and you are assuming if all of us are speaking English, things will go well. Spirits don't speak English. They speak power. And power is a mystery. That's how these things work. But if you don't know it, you will allow the deception of what you are seeing on the social media. Somebody comes, clean one part of his house, sit down, and say, life is well. These are some of the principles I'm applying. I do this, I do this. You now will carry your real life. And you are trying to pattern it after a fake presentation. And you think your life will end up like that. You see some families, they write a script, and they are leaving it. Leaving a script. When they leave the screen, they go back and live their real life. You are trying to play that script. Some people watch a movie and they see, they see what was written, scripted, and acted. And they are trying to live their life like a movie. And then when the spirits that didn't participate in the movie now show up, you will now discover there is a difference between reality and film. Don't allow your life function by deception. There must be a principle, a divine principle you live by because the devil will use deception to wreck men. Number two weapon the devil uses is lost. There's lost in the soul of many people because they have not conquered it. And I've talked about it briefly while I spoke about desires. Number three is distractions and the cares of this life. I can tell you why many people cannot go far is because of the cares of this life. In Mark 4.19, Jesus was speaking about men that the word of God does not impact. And he gave us three categories of men. He says some are deceived by riches. He said others are deceived by lust. And he said others are deceived by the cares of this life. This one is very, very dicey. You know why? The cares of this life are legitimate concerns. But if you are not careful, they will become the reason why you never know God. Hope you know, paying your house rent is a legitimate concern. Paying your children's school fees is a legitimate concern. Buying food to eat is a legitimate concern. Getting clothes to wear is a legitimate concern. 
But if you are now has rent, bring anxiety into your soul. A point will come where you will do anything to pay house rent. And at that point, the devil will come in and begin to suggest to you. In Lagos here, there are people who kill for as little as 5,000 naira. And you ask them, they say they need to wear clothes. They need to eat food. And so they can take human life for 5,000. Sometimes I stumble on certain cases in Nigeria and I'm wondering. They catch somebody with human head. And they ask him, how much did they pay you? He said, 20,000. So you can go and cut somebody's head because of 20,000. 20,000. You cut somebody's head. Why was your conscience not pricked when the person was begging? How come you are able to carry out this wickedness because of 20,000? Some people, it's even 5,000 they get from it. And they kill a human. You know why? The cares of this life. They needed housework. They needed clothes. And they didn't come to learn principles. They didn't go the way of walking with their hands. They allowed the devil come in to manipulate them. And so a point will come, anxiety will drive you to a point where you can do anything. Do you know that in Lagos here, there are ladies who are camped, who go out every night to prostitute, to get money so that they can feed and pay for the same house rent where they are staying to prostitute. And then you ask them, they say, I have nobody to take care of me. Why didn't you go and learn how to weave? Why didn't you go and learn? Does it take anything to play there? Do you need a master's degree to play there? Why don't you go and meet somebody who plays there and learn how to play it and begin to play there? Raise some capital and start selling something. Why do you have to go the way of prostitution? Because a devil came in and whispered something and she saw it as an easy way out. And that lady lives in prostitution for 10 years. She thinks she's doing it in the night and hiding. You can hide from men, not spirits. And in 10 years, she has she slept with more than 2,000 men. Do you know the baggage all these men carry? The Bible said, whoever you join your body with, you have become one with that person. Some of them have causes. Some of them have packed with demons. Some of them are involved in different kinds of evil. All of that now is in you. How can your life count? So you didn't prostitute your way into life. You prostituted yourself into death. Does that mean we should be insensitive to these people? No. There are many people who don't know much. There are many people who are truly defeated in life. But if you allow the cares of this life make you turn away from God and do anything to survive, you are in trouble. There are many young men who are dissatisfied. They keep telling you, look at me. I'm 35. I can't even feed myself. I can't take care of anybody. I will do anything it takes. Anything it takes. Do you know the meaning of what you have said? And then tomorrow, the devil leads somebody to them and asks them, are you sure you do anything? They say, oh, we do anything. Anything. Do you know the meaning of anything? And they say, okay, think about it. If by tomorrow you want to do anything, call me. And they foolishly say they want to do anything until they carry them to a shrine. And the first thing they see as anything is to kill their mother. And at that point, you can't change your mind and go back. You have crossed the point of no return. If you go back, you become mad. If you go back, you die. And so you see somebody kill his mother so that he can have money to buy a car. So he trades his mother for a car. He trades his mother 
for a house. He trains his mother for what he calls a good life. And from that day, his life becomes an endless stream of frustration. The reason is because he allowed the cares of this life to become a weapon the devil uses to destroy him. Listen, the cares of this life are important. But if you are not careful, the devil will use it to put you to death and to sleep forever. There are certain things you do unless Jesus himself encounters you. You may never come out of it. The, third, the fourth weapon the devil uses is the weapon of sin and iniquity. If you make sin your lifestyle, you are finished. Unless God intervenes. Because sin has many characteristics. If I have time to teach on sin, I would have shown you at least 12 characteristics of sin. Sin reduces your mental power. Sin attracts reproach to your life. Sin brings sickness and diseases. Sin opens the door for demonic oppression. There are many consequences of sin. And when the devil wants to destroy your life, he exposes you to a sin. And you'll find yourself exploiting that sin, exploiting that sin, until every potential you have becomes dormant. And you'll find yourself and your life almost useless, not profiting anybody. I don't know why God is keeping me to reiterate these things. But I pray that nobody listening to me this morning or this day will be a victim of these things I'm sharing. Yeah. I came to teach something else. But God has kept me here to re-emphasize and to reiterate this thing. I beg you for your own good, don't make sin a lifestyle. If there's any sin, the Bible calls it besetting sin. It stops your potential. It reduces your possibility. If there be any sin that has made a slave out of your life and has become a weapon the devil is using to exploit you, I decree in the name of Jesus the power of that sin breaks this morning. I can't tell you how many pastors are living in the name of Alice. I'm not talking about normal Christians, pastors. In iniquity. If you hear what they do, if God doesn't help you, you lose your faith. Pastors. Some are so held by the power of immorality that even in their office they fornicate. They can't even wait to go to a hotel in their offices. Some of them are so held down by immorality that even the choir members in the church where they pastor, they have slept with them. How can this person now stand on the altar and say, in the name of Jesus? And then you are wondering why our world is plunging into darkness. God help you not to listen to some pastors. That same night you heard them, you will have a dream and you are having sex. Because they pour it out in droves, energy, energy. As you hear, as you are hearing them, you doze off. You will find yourself committing immorality because that's what they are saying. That's the energy they represent. And you hear them for one week. The things you have overcome five years ago, you wake up, and then you are wondering. I thought I'm not coming to church. <laughs> they are desecrated. 
Now, if pastors operate like that, how about the church members? Church now becomes a social gathering. All the songs that are in the club, they are now remixed and they are sung in church. All the dance step that is in the club is now remixed and is dancing in the church because there's no gatekeeper. There's no one who can censor the atmosphere and bring the government of God. And so you even become more kind of attending some churches. May sin never master you. May sin never have dominion over you. So that you can fulfill God's plan for your life. In the name of Jesus. Now let me speed up. What are the powers God introduces into your life if he wants to deliver you? Number one is trials and tribulations. <laughs> I know this generation don't like this kind of gospel. The gospel we like is the gospel that from January to December it shall be well with you. This week you shall prosper. You shall receive a lot in 12 zeros. You will see people Amen. They will prolong the air. They will prolong the man. That is good. It's necessary and important. But that's not all there is. Many times when God wants to deliver a man, he allows him to go through trials and tribulation. The Bible said in James chapter 1 verse 2, it said, count it all joy. When you go through diverse trials and temptation, it said that the trying of your faith, it said, it worketh for you patience. And it said, when patience is tested, you become complete, wanting nothing. And so, one of the ways God builds a man up to come alive in his realm is to allow trials affect that man. There are many people who are living in plenty, and so they forget that prayer. Is a part of their lives. There are many people who are living in plenty, so they forget that study of the word is part of their life. And so, what God will do is that they will be watching. When the devil touches them small, they will now remember that my mother used to do night vigil 20 years ago. The night vigil will come again. There is no message you will preach to them that will make them do vigil. There is no message you will preach to them that will make them wake up and they sleep with hangover. They wake up with headache. And when they stand up, they are looking for something to eat. If the devil crushes part of the business and their ship is on the high sea and they are not seeing it and they pay all the surveyors, the navigators, and they don't see it, they will ask, did they say there's a prophet around here? I need to go and pray. Because now there is trials. So many times, some trials are not a cause, they are a blessing. And so James said, any trial that makes you come alive in God, he said, call it a blessing. Some of the things you have gone through, God allowed it. He's not the one that brought it, but he allowed it because it will wake you up. Because your prayer altar is dead. Your word altar is dead. And so God will allow those things to come. When they come, they will wake you up. I met somebody very senior senator. And he told me, my brother, I can't pray anymore. I can't pray. And I said, why? He said, he doesn't know. 
You know why? When he became senator, there were many contracts to approve. There were many meetings to attend. Money was coming from everywhere. And so you wake up in the morning, they say they are sharing two billion. Uh, your share is 30 billion. You didn't do anything. That's just your share because you are a senator. So when you want to pray, it becomes the body. Even when you close your eyes and say, Jesus, Lord, you are remembering that kind. There's, there's, there's a money that needs to be shared by 12 o'clock. Meanwhile, you went to pray around 11.30. You will, I will come back later. And before you know what is happening, you do it for one year, for two years, for three years. The next time you look for your altar, your altar will be desolate. Do you know when he was looking for prayer, nothing was working again. And even the opportunities he was trusting God for, he couldn't find it. And he's wondering, I used to be favored. What's happening here? Why every door is closed? It's called count it all joy. When you go through trials, diverse trials and tribulations, because they will do something to your soul. Hope you know that when Israel came into Egypt, because of Joseph, they were kept in Goshen. Goshen was like a land of milk. They enjoyed themselves. They had green pasture for their animals. They woke up in plenty. They woke up in abundance. There was no record that they were praying. Go and read the whole book of Exodus, chapter 1, until verse 8. There was no record that Israel was fasting. There was no record that Israel was praying. But when you come to Exodus chapter 1 verse 8, you now see a scripture. It said, another Pharaoh arose that did not know Joseph. And it said, because this one did not know Joseph, he brought tribulation to Israel. The moment that tribulation started, heaven didn't rest anymore. Christ began to ascend. Christ Tears, prayers began to ascend. So much so that when Moses met God, he said, I have heard the cries and the prayer of my children by reason, not of revelation, by reason, not of encounters, by reason, not of love for me, by reason of their taskmasters. So there are some taskmasters that make you remember God. And so when God wants to wake you up, Sometimes what you need is not a message. Sometimes you need a taskmaster. And in a city like Lagos, where people wake up 3 a.m. and go back home 12 midnight, you may need some taskmasters to wake up. Because your altar is calling you. But you can no longer hear the voice of your altar. <laughs> it's in Lagos, somebody is going to walk by 8, he wakes up 2 a.m. Showers and he leaves his house by 3 so that he can reach work by 8. And he closes from work by 4. He gets back home by 11 p.m. Where is the time to see God? So you ask him, it's been 10 years. He doesn't know when last he prayed for 2 hours. If you divide his prayer time in the last 10 years, if he's a man of prayer, he has prayed for 2 minutes every day. Some people, if you divide their prayer time in the last 10 years, they have prayed for 5 seconds. The whole prayer you have prayed in 10 years, divided by the number of seconds, you have prayed for 2 seconds in ten, every day in 10 years. And some people, if you divide their prayer by the last 10 years, 
their prayer is in nanoseconds. Nano, because if you want to insist that there's prayer every day, it has to be to the minus nine power. Nanoseconds. There's no God in their life. They are deep asleep. And to make this worse, the only church they attend is the church that prophesied from January to December. It's not even the church that we force prayer into their space. It's not a force, a church that we force God into their space. It's a church that still beats on their carnality. Because they, if they come to God, it's because they want to use God to get something. Not because they desire God. And so sometimes, when God wants to wake you up, He allows trials. Because trials are the languages that everybody understands. There's no man who doesn't understand the language of trial. You wake up one day and it looks as if no contract is coming. You wake up one day and it looks as if they attack everywhere. Without any Bible verse, you will look for the altar. You will look for it. I met a man in Abuja. He was doing well. He's into giving loans. Giving loans. He gives loans. And a point came, things blew up. His capital became 1.4 billion. And life was good. He will make calls and talk as a big man. You know, when those titles like, Ezego begins to come. Ezego. Omega Naya. And Omega Naya, they will lower their voice and make it tick. How are you doing? All right. They will talk slowly. No problem. No problem. Until the devil struck. 150 million will vanish. 200 million will vanish. He doesn't know what is happening with the money. His heart began to beat. What's happening here? What's happening here? Until the man went down. He was now owing people. He couldn't pick us anymore. Anybody who is calling, the moment his phone is ringing, his heart begins to beat. What he now did was that he off his phone and went and looked for one small church where nobody knew him. And he started lying on the altar there every day. He relied on the altar and pray for four hours. I know the angels will now say, ah, you have the capacity, you, pray, you can pray for four hours. It's called, count it all joy. So there is capacity you to pray for four hours. He will lie down and he started honoring God. Songs that he used to hear his mother sing when he was a boy, he didn't know that the lyrics of those songs were still in his subconscious. He started digging the lyrics out. You are God. From the be from beginning to the end. There's no place for. So you know those God. You know those songs. <laughs> he sang there. And God kept quiet. Because if God answers him, he will leave. So God deliberately kept quiet for a long There are many times when God keeps silent. It's because that's the only time he hears you. And so in order to hear you more, he will keep quiet for a long time. You went and met the prophet because you gave him seed. He told you, before the next two weeks, something will happen. Nothing will happen. God will keep quiet because in the last 10 years, he has not heard your voice. So now he will be quiet for four months so that he will hear you every day for some time. The quota has to be completed. He was there weeping. He will cry. He began by repenting. Lord, I'm sorry. When you blessed me, I didn't remember you. Oh, Father. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. When he finished, he started hailing God. 
you created the world. There is none like you. All men depends on you. You are the Father. You are the one of glory. When he finished, he started submitting himself to God. Lord, I will serve you with all my life. Anything you want from me, I will do. Is God, get quiet. Sing that song for some time. Sing it. He prayed for like six months. And one day, I just came into Abuja and I was looking for a place to start work. And the plaza I dropped, he saw me. He, he took off his shoe and ran to me. He said, Sir, how did you come here? He said, This is his answer. He now dragged me to his office. Say, Please, sir, please make a declaration. I released a word over him. He went back and was praying. After two months, door blew open. 50 million, 100 million, 300 million. Eight, eight months later, he called me and said, Man of God. <laughs> His voice has changed. Man of God. You know what he was doing? He started encouraging me. Whatever you are doing, please don't stop. Keep doing what you are doing. This God you are serving, please don't leave him. You know what this brother was telling me? He said, some of us may not come to church. He has gone back. I was not listening. He was now, after encouraging me, he said, some of us may not come to church, but you see, what you are doing is affecting people around the world. Keep doing it. He said, there's one of my friends that I directed to your church. He comes there. He called his name. I said, hmm. So you have started directing people. <laughs> you now, you come. May the devil not come again. May, may trials not come again. Because you will teach some people who don't learn quick. And so when trials come, men begin to see God. When trials come, the power to wake up from sleep is injected into your spirit. You don't need to do anything. The trial itself has a mechanism of injecting a, a, a call to your spirit man to wake up. That's why God allows trials. Because if there are no trials, a generation will become godless. Hope you see nations today that can do everything without God. You see the way they are. You go to America, America that is built on the gospel. Even the laws, the Magna Carta was drafted from biblical principles. Today, God is a distraction. They don't see the need for God anymore. You know how God restores people like that and nations like that? He allows trials to strike. When they feel they have become sufficient in themselves, then they will see the finger of God. The finger. The finger of God will strike the land and it will break their backbone so that they will turn back to Yahweh and begin to call upon his name. Trials. See what Peter said. In 2 Peter, or 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. Can we project? He said that the trial of your faith, your faith be much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, 
might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus. He said, your faith is more precious than gold. He said, yet gold which perishes is tried in fire. He said, so in the same vein, he said, your faith will be tried so that when Christ appeared, you will be a man of honor. You will be a man of praise and you will be a man of glory. If trials don't come to many people, they will never be awake to seeking God. And so sometimes God allows trials to wake them up. He doesn't bring to the temptation to you. God does not tempt any man. He doesn't bring tribulation to you. God does not trouble any man. But there are many times God will allow you so that when trials come, it will become an alarm system that will make you seek it. And I'm not talking about just anybody, even men of God. There are many men of God today who can pray. When they started ministry, every three months they do 40 days fast. Now they come to church in the morning, they say, Hallelujah. 600,000 people are connected to them. When they come to church, they crack jokes, talk all kinds of stories, and then people will give. Offering is banks that count offering. It's not every bank that closes on Friday. The major days on banks work is on Sunday. The work they do is on churches. It's more than the work they do in the bank from Monday to Thursday. So when they finish giving offering, two banks will come and will be counting money. They will tell man of God, offering today is one billion. They say, God, God is good. The Lord is good. His mercies endure forever. The voice can't even be clear again for you to hear. <laughs> Don't worry. One day, the, the Lord will allow scandal. Scandal. They will strike you on the internet with scandal. Everybody will call you fake. You will find that altar that rose you up. That's when they go back to the mountain where they first met God. They will fly from another country and come back carrying locks and they are driving into the bush. You see, where is this one of God going to? He's looking for the mountain where he encountered God. Because the ministry has been struck at the spinal cord. And if he doesn't find that God, things will go wrong. That's why God will allow trials. Trials are a buffer in the spirit. God allows it so that it can keep you to the end. It is the love of God that makes him allow trials. So when the business is attacked, it's not a problem. God still loves your soul. That's why he allowed it. Because if God does not allow it, a point will come when the business will become your God. And so when the business is struck, you will look for God again. Because your soul is more precious to God than everything you have. He said, what shall he profit a man if he gains the whole world? and loses his soul. Because God does not want you to lose your soul, he will allow trials. So the first thing God does to reawaken a man is to allow trials come to him. So please, when trials come, discern it. If it is the devil, attack the devil. But if it is to teach you a lesson, learn it fast. Because answer will never come until you learn the lesson. And the lesson is for you to draw close to God. The lesson is for you to return to your first love. Because plenty has dragged you away from God. The second power God uses to awaken men is a desire for supernatural intervention. A desire to see the finger of God. In Judges chapter 6 verse 13, you know these things follow themselves. There was a mighty man called Gideon. But you see, they were into a lot of businesses. 
and they forgot God until the Midianites began to attack them. And Ogidion became dissatisfied. He wanted to see the power of God. Suddenly Gideon remembered that they told them the mighty works of God when Moses delivered them from Egypt. And Gideon's lamentation every day is, where is the God that did wonders when they delivered the children of Israel from Egypt? Even when the angel appeared to Gideon, that was his lamentation. He said, and Gideon said unto him, oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befalling us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us? The second thing that awakens a man from slumber is when he gets to a state where only God will make sense and he begins to desire the supernatural. I have seen human help, I've seen human strategy, but where I am now, only the finger of God can help me. If your soul does not desire the supernatural, you may be asleep all your life. And so God knows what to do to doctor the soul of a man to begin to desire the supernatural. The supernatural is one thing that awakens a man from sleep. In 1 John chapter 1, from verse 1 to 2, here's what the, the, the apostle said. He said, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled. They heard about it, but they desire to handle it. Listen to how God works. You may be doing business very well. You may be the best until suddenly you wake up and then you find somebody else that you were happy. Suddenly skyrockets. This is not competition. But you look at yourself and ask yourself a question. This cannot be principles and wisdom alone. Lord, why have you favored this man so much? And then you start checking your own life. Father, I thank God for what you are doing for this brother. But why won't you do the same for me? So you begin to desire something supernatural to begin to happen in your life. You go to a place, they open the door for everybody. You enter, they now look at you and say, wait. Look at yourself. But everybody that came here was allowed. Why do I have to wait? Is it that my life is so ordinary? Everybody is celebrating out of a place. You enter, your own case is different. You come out gloomy. And then you are asking yourself, why is it always wrong when it's my turn? Some people is so bad that even when they go to a location, they serve everybody food until he reaches them. Food now finish. And then the moment they start serving toothpick, they start with you. You will now look at everybody is chewing meat. It's now that is toothpick. And did you see me chewing? So it is toothpick that is good enough for me. Food stop with you, but toothpick start. You will now know that Kai, I need a supernatural intervention. You go for visa interview. The last five people that went came out smiling. But when you entered, suddenly the interviewer began to frown. And you are wondering what you know that you need the supernatural. See, a man who wakes up is a man that gets to a junction in his life and tells himself, no, what is happening around me is not ordinary. I need divine intervention. I need to see the hand of God. When you get to that point of necessity, you will wake up. You will know that sleep is no longer a luxury you can afford. And so God is wise. Many times he will allow you 
to become dissatisfied. You know what he told? Um, what's his name now? The brother of um, Esau. Yes, what he told Esau. He said, when you become tired of the yoke, you will break it off your shoulder. Many times the reason people are asleep is because they are not yet tired. They can still manage the situation. You will get to that point where you can no longer manage the situation. Then you begin to look for the supernatural. You have done everything. Church is not growing. You have done everything. Business is not growing. You will come to that point where you tell God, it's either you show up or nothing happens. And then you will give yourself to God the way you have never done before. I can tell you, this is how many people woke up to God. Some people have done their business for 20 years. Nothing happened. They said enough is enough. There are some people who know they are beautiful. They should have been married by now. But nobody has approached them in the last five years. They said enough is enough. If you don't get to that point where you say enough is enough, I must see the supernatural, you will never wake up. The devil will still keep you in slumber. But you see, when you get to that point, you know that your salvation has come. You know why? Psalm 34 verse 5. He said they looked up to him and they were not ashamed. And their faces were radiant. When a man becomes dissatisfied and he turns to God, God always answers that man. But you see, a man who is asleep, he can still take more. He can still endure more. But you must get to that point where you can no longer take anything. You can no longer endure any further. And you tell yourself, Father, it must be now. That's where Hannah got to. Every year she comes to Shiloh. Every year, Fenina, her mate, will always receive bounties of blessings. And she's always alone. At the point came, she became tired. She was not waiting for the priest to come and bless them anymore. She was not waiting for the husband to console her anymore. She went to the altar herself. And she was so intense in prayer that her mouth was shaking. Eli saw her and said, where will you read yourself of this drunkenness? He said, I'm not drunk. I'm not a daughter of Belia. It's by reason of the multitude of my, my pains that I'm pouring my heart to God. Immediately, Eli that God has departed from spoke and God answered. He said, the Lord go with you. He said, that which you desire has granted you. And the next time she returned, she returned with her child. Many people have not come to the point where they say enough is enough. Hear this. Don't allow anybody, anything or anybody makes you to endure beyond your limits. That suffering has to stop. That manipulation has to stop. That oppression has to stop. But you see, if you yourself are not dissatisfied, nobody can help you. And so the second thing God uses to wake men is when they come to that point where they say enough is enough. I'm not the only man in the world. I am tired of this frustration. I'm tired of this pain. There's nothing wrong in praying like that. Hannah prayed like that and God intervened. I speak over somebody here who came for this conference and is with a posture of the heart that enough is enough. Your answer has come. You can't be oppressed forever. You can't be tormented forever. You cannot be in pain forever. Even process ends. There is a doctrine now in the body of Christ where they allow people to die overboarding and overbearing their challenges and they call it process. Process is not forever, sir. 
the children of Israel were supposed to travel between 11 to 40 days. It was their unbelief that made it 40 days. It was not the plan of God. The Bible says, weeping may endure for the night. It says, but joy cometh in the morning. There has to be your morning also. And so you cannot remain in the dark and call it process. Because there are certain things that the hand of the devil is involved. And so when you get to that point where you cannot bear it anymore, cry out. Tell yourself, enough is enough. In my family, in five years, six people died. You can't come and tell me God is teaching us a lesson. Even my father was attacked with stroke. And I said, no, enough is enough. There has to be a time when a man wakes up. And I began to war in the spirit. War in the spirit. Immediately, there was a reverberation in the demonic realm. The powers that be began to fall. People died confessing that they were responsible. Imagine if I sat down and said, what will happen, will happen. What will be, will be. If it is God's will, it will happen. You are joking. There's no such thing as what will be, will be. There's no such thing as what will happen, will happen. There's no such thing as, as if it is God's will, it will happen. The Bible said, by thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is only in God's heaven that God's will happen naturally. If you want God's will to happen on earth, you pray it. You must be the one to say, thy will be done. If you don't say it, it will never happen. You must become tired. Don't continue your slumber. When it comes to a point, you must become aggressive. Aggressive. He said the kingdom of God suffered violence. The violent taken it by force. When my brother died, I said enough is enough. Many people see what we are doing, they say it's ambition. I laugh. This is, we are fighting. This is war. This is war. It was death in my family that woke me up. That's why we are aggressive. That's why we are passionate. I came to a point where I became tired of death. I looked up to people, they failed me. I wanted to blame them. God said, are you not a man? Why are you blaming another man for your problem? So I took my destiny in my own hands. And I said, Lord, if you will help me, I will keep running. That's why we are doing what we are doing. This is warfare. We are fighting. It's not ambition. When you are dying, nobody speaks. When you are under attack, nobody speaks. When you wake up, everybody wants to advise you. When you wake up, everybody wants to control your destiny. And when you refuse, they, they want to do witchcraft. Because they are enjoying the fact that you are under them bootlicking. No, that's not your destiny. You have a place with God and you must wake up to it. You think people care? People don't care. You are dying of hunger. All they are interested in is for you to be around them bootlicking. So that they can throw their leftovers to you like a dog. People are dying in your family. They don't care. All they are interested in is for you to follow them and fulfill their agenda. So that they can pat you at the back and say you are a good boy. You are a good girl. Meanwhile, death is ravaging your home. And when you wake up and say enough is enough. And God begins to empower you and open things to you. They now become offended that why are you doing what you are doing. See, if people like, they should preach 1,000 messages against you. Close your ears to it. It's not love. If it is love, they will call you and tell you. In the spirit of love. But if they go to do perception engineering and they are preaching message, directing it to you so that people will think you are wrong, don't listen to them. Because when people were dying in your family, they didn't care. When people were hungry in your family, they didn't care. 
when the devil was frustrating your family, they didn't care. So don't bother about human wickedness. It is the way of man to operate like that. Are you following? Do you know how many people are blessed because of your rising? There are many school fees that are paid because you are standing. There are many people who are eating because you are standing. There are many people who are alive because you are standing. If I didn't rise, my father would have died. And more people would have died in my home. And you think I have time to listen to somebody who out of bitterness and sentiment is trying to manipulate my destiny? If you like, tell the whole world anything you want to say. Out of respect, I won't answer. But you can't change my mind. You can't change my mind. Because I'm fighting my battle. I'm fighting my battle. No man could help me. So I turn to God for my destiny. You must fight. You must fight. This is my story. And I encourage you. Because there's so much that will not happen until you wake up. And so God will be waiting for the day you will wake up. And how glorious it is when you wake up. Ah, when you wake up. You thought it was about your family until you woke up. When you woke up, you now discover this thing is bigger than your family. There are 1,000 other families that you rose up for. You thought it was about your health until you wake up. When you wake up, then you discover there are 1,000 other people that will not die because you wake up. You thought it was about your business until you woke up. There are 1,000 school fees that need to be paid. There are 1,000 families that need to be fed. So the reason God woke you up is to answer the prayer of a 1,000 homes. It's not about you. I thought I was seeking God so that people would not die in my family. I thought I was seeking God so that people can have a future in my family. But brothers and sisters, when I woke up, I discovered in less than three years, more than 10 million people were impacted by my life. That was when I discovered there is spiritual intelligence in this matter. God used my challenges to awaken the lion in me so that I can become his answer to a generation. He said, Awake, awake, thou that sleepest. And he said, Christ will give you light. But you see what? When Christ gives you light, that light will be too much for you. He sent the word to Jacob, a light head upon Israel. When Christ gives you light, a nation will see light. When Christ gives you light, a generation will see light. When Christ gives you light, people will be emancipated. You cannot be asleep. You can't be asleep. You can't be asleep. Somebody has come to that point where she's saying enough is enough. Somebody has come to that point where he's saying enough is enough. When you get to that point and you wake up, then Christ comes in in his majesty. In his majesty. And he begins to give you light. That light is your weapon. That light is your power. That light is your advantage. And you must not stop until you catch it. Ah, you must not stop. You must not stop. You must not stop. Your advantage is not in the natural. Your advantage is in the spirit. When that light comes, an ordinary man can become a veteran. A weak man can become a warrior. A feeble man can become a giant. And upon his shoulders, many will stand and find purpose and destiny. 
you are not weak, you are not feeble, you are not defeated, but you need to become dissatisfied with the status quo so that your life can come. Lift your hands and pray for one minute. to intimacy. When you hear the songs we sing, you need to know that we have walked the lonely paths. We have walked the narrow ways. It is the help we have received from God that we bring to a generation. It is the comfort we have received from God that we bring to a generation. And that's why beyond answer when we speak, God raises Yeah. 
for the rain. Ask him for the rain. He said, ask of me rain in the time of the latter rain. He said, I will cause bright clouds and there shall be dew, rain on every blade of grass. There is a place you come to where everybody is impacted. Everybody is impacted. Ask him for the rain. Makebara Koas. Zakiba Rimaka Talibakai. Zakiparos Davanata. Asambari Nabarakadina Samtakai. Zafir Ebanis Davaros Sakata. Ah! You rain, you rain, you rain. have been grounded you see God may allow trials to come but he will not let it kill you for some of you your families have been grounded for some of you your purpose has been grounded this morning is the morning of intervention the Lord will minister to people now by his spirit for some of you wisdom will come to you for some of you, favor will come to you. For some of you, power, power will come to you. Because what is happening to you, you need power to break it off. The hand of God is descending now. Father, in the name of Jesus, everyone here trusting you, help them, ushers, help them. Everyone here trusting you, I ask that you stretch your hands. Lord, stretch your hands. Let the oath begin to break. Let afflictions begin to end. Favor, grace, glory, wisdom, power. They are released now. They are released now. They are released now. My God, my God, my God. Take that power. Take that power. Take that power. That yoke of ten years is shattered. That contradiction is cancelled. You rain, you rain, you rain. You rain, you rain, you rain. 
Thank you, Father. Please lift your hands toward heaven. God wants to do many things at the same time. Some of you, what you need is favor. Favor. Favor that commands kings. Such as was on Esther, that the king looked at her and said, Anything you ask, I will give you, even if it is half of my kingdom. Some of you, favor you need is one that attracts wealth. The kind of favor that commanded the wealth of Egypt to follow the Israelites. Some of you, what you need is wisdom. Your life is enshrined in a puzzle. You need divine wisdom to come with it. And some of you, what you need is power. Power to break doors open. To cancel circumstances. Now lift your hands toward heaven. Just be sensitive. You don't need to pray now. There is a heavy weight of glory that is about to descend here this morning. Because God is here to intervene. Ushers, some persons will start prophesying. Some persons will start praying in the spirit loud. They can't hold themselves because of what will come upon them. Some persons will be slain. Please don't be distracted. Many things will happen at the same time. In the name of Jesus, let that glory descend now. Take that fire. Take that weight. Take that unction. Take that unction. Take that unction. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. I call for the outpouring of the Spirit. Makebaro Kabakidas. Zezak Nativa Kais. Sabarana Stavagiro Paragata. Mento Paris Savai. Downloads of favor. Downloads of wisdom. Downloads of power. Downloads of mercy. The grace that bringeth salvation. It appears to you by the Spirit. Let that river flow now. Let that wet descend in increasing measures. Many destinies have been reprogrammed for good. Lives have been recalibrated. So river flow, river flow. Let it all river flow. In your church once again. Let it all it be seen. River flow, river flow. Let it down, oh river flow. In your charge once again. Let it on it be River flow, river flow. Let it down, oh river flow. In your charge once again. Let it on it
this. You will walk out of this meeting. And businesses that have stagnated seven years, ten years, suddenly we break open. Some of you will walk out of this meeting and a strange order of favor will come upon you. It will open doors and it will cause men to go out of their way to assist you. Some of you will leave this meeting. The wisdom you have never operated in will suddenly come upon you. You will just know what to do. And your life will begin to move from one level of glory to another level of glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You may be seated. Hmm. I'm seeing something come down here like the mercy of God. It's like a mist. Somebody will start weeping here uncontrollably. Mercy. God is stretching and extending his mercy to you. It will overwhelm you. It will break you. It's coming like a mist. It's a weight of glory. But in it is the economy of the mercy of God. It will bring you out of quagmires. Bring you out of afflictions. Too many afflictions that there's no utterance to even pray about. Father, even as they are yet seated, whoever you are stretching your hands in mercy to bring out of the Marie now we speak it forth. Even as it was revealed in the name of Jesus. Please help that brother so he doesn't enjoy himself. Thank you, Father. Afflictions are breaking now. You are in situations that you don't even have utterance to pray about. There's no intelligence to, 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 to concoct that prayer. Mercy. Mercy. He said, Mercy prevails over judgment. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you glory. In Jesus' name. So the power that wakes men from their slumber is number one, trials. The power that wakes men from their slumber is number two, a desire for the supernatural. Because they have come to a point where they say enough is enough. The third power that raises men from their slumber is hunger. And I spoke about it yesterday. It comes into your spirit and it draws you to God. And the fourth power that wakes men from their slumber is passion to see the will of God done. There are people who are in the territory and suddenly they become tired of the wickedness of the government. And they begin to pray. Not for themselves, but for the, for the territory. There are some people who are in the territory, they become tired of the immorality. 
and they want the will of God to be done. There are people who are in eternity, they become tired of divorce cases and families breaking up. And they begin to pray. Even they don't know how that baptism came. It is a passion to see the will of God. It is in finding the will of God that you wake up. That was what happened to Moses. He saw Israel persecuted. Israel marginalized. And suddenly he became bitter. And he went, killed an Egyptian. And it was on the strength of that passion that God reached out to him. And so God can visit you by allowing trials. God can visit you, visit you by stirring up a desire in you to see the supernatural. God can wake you up by putting hunger for his presence in your heart. And God can wake you up by stirring a passion in your spirit to see his will be done. Jesus prayed in Matthew 16. He said, I will be done on earth as it is in heaven. By all means, one of these graces will rest upon you. Because when this begins to happen, then the light of Christ will shine upon you. He said in Ephesians 5.14, Awake, thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and he said, Christ will give you light. And so first you need to understand what sleep is. Then you need to understand the power that wakes men. And then you come into the economy of the light of Christ. Tonight, we are going to be looking at the glorious light of Jesus Christ. And so it will be a time of miracles, signs, and wonders. God bless you.